0: This week, the Comic Guys explain the Scrolls. Thank you, Ben. Yes, this time we will be talking about the Scrolls. We got a request from a listener uh, that uh, said that they had a hard time keeping all of the different various aliens of the Marvel Universe straight. So, this will be a multi part series um, where we kind of go into the major alien races of the uh marvel universe and there's a lot of them so if you like this make sure to let us know on our discord or on our patreon or somewhere else um and we will keep doing these uh but this time we're going to start with the first well probably not the first ever aliens of marvel but the first ones that became like a, a major thing uh the skrulls which start off in the fantastic four right there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the scrolls are definitely I mean, if you if you start the Marvel Universe with Fantastic Four number one and don't count any, you know, kind of like retcons before it, then the scrolls not only are the first aliens, they're literally the second ever bad guys of oh, okay. the Marvel Universe. They first appear in Fantastic Four number two. Um, and it's the first time we see it. it's a it's a very popular very a very uh, uh, common plot that Stanley uses uh, early in his superhero runs of most of the Marvel characters, which is uh, somebody comes along to duplicate or you know uh, pretend to be the hero to uh, humiliate them or otherwise you know like uh, you know, Give them a bad name in society or whatever to you know, like undermine their reputation or something like that. And almost all of the Marvel heroes that Stan wrote have a story in which something like that happens, right? Like the chameleon is one of the first Spider Man bad guys, uh, the space phantom appears to you know to uh, get the Avengers all fighting each other by pretending to be the Hulk, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the first time he uses it is the scrolls in Fantastic Four number two. Um, the basics of the story are that the Fantastic Four are all seen uh, committing pointless and terrible crimes, uh, stealing, uh, robbing, uh, you know, diamonds and destroying public artifacts and that sort of thing. Um, and we learn that this is all a you know defamation campaign uh, by the Skrulls, who are planning to invade the Earth and they think the Fantastic Four is the only thing dangerous about it. The only the only thing that needs to be gotten out of the way, basically. Uh, And so it works perfectly well, and the Fantastic Four are blamed for all of these crimes and are immediately on the run. They are sent out, you know, into hiding. They're living in a cabin in the woods, kind of hilariously. And uh, so they figure out, obviously, what's going on. They figure out that they're being, you know, duplicated. And so they send Johnny out to commit more crimes on the assumption that, like, that will get the, you know, he'll manage to meet the other people. Uh, while doing this, which he does, the plan works perfectly, and they pick Johnny up, thinking that he's, you know, like one of their one of their number kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, when when they get home, they realize that the scroll who's been replacing Johnny is also there, and this must be the real Johnny. Uh, and which quickly leads to a fight that the Fantastic Four win, um, and the Fantastic Four learn about the you know existence of the scrolls and that there's an armada in space, and so they head off into space. Pretending to be the scrolls who are replacing them, and they convince the scrolls that humanity is entirely too dangerous uh, to be uh, uh, invaded uh, by showing them comic books, which the scrolls apparently have never seen a comic book before, and uh, you know completely believe the Fantastic Four when they tell them that all of the monsters and everything that exists in these comic books uh, are in fact real on Earth and uh, that earth is just entirely too dangerous uh, to even try to conquer so the scrolls turn around and run away it's That's a pretty fourth wall breaky uh you know absolutely novel. oh yeah no and yeah. they're specifically marvel comics right like fantastic Four, uh yeah. mr fantastic is sitting there with like a pile of strange adventures and journey into mystery and stuff like that
0: right. i mean they're not going to read uh, dc no of course not
1: so uh, the scrolls, being you know bone stupid, basically at this point, uh, you know, believe this and turn around and run away. And uh, they brought one of the scrolls with them uh, back to the ship, so that one gets away. But they still have three scrolls who were pretending to be them stuck on Earth. And this is actually uh, you know kind of like a continuity mistake that Stan actually catches in the dialogue, right? Like because by the end of the story, Kirby is only drawing three scrolls in each panel. Like he's forgotten that there were originally four. and at no point that nothing in the actual like art suggests where they lost the fourth one too. But Stan noticed it. So he puts in the text, uh, you know, that like they that they one of them went back with the ship with them. Um but the three Reed Richards then hypnotizes the three remaining scrolls into believing that they are ordinary earth cows. and then, Parks them in a field somewhere where they actually believe they're cows and live out their contented lives for the rest of their lives, um, as the you know caption on the on the the panel suggests. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's perfect, silly, you know, Stan early Stanley Kirby. It's it's the kind of a story that. Without superpowers, without the Fantastic Four being in it, would have totally fit in their monster run, right? Like it's the kind of like ironic goofy ending uh, that actually strange adventures and uh, tales to astonish and that sort of thing were full of at the time. Um, this uh, because the it's I mean, the Fantastic Four is a smash hit, right? Like those those first few issues um are just a, a insane quality for sales. Everything comes back, right? Like like Stan and Jack, at the time that they were writing this, had no idea what this would turn into. had no concern about continuity or anything like that, right? Like it was never you know never even a a, a question. Um, but because they are so popular, the Fantastic Four are so popular, and Stan very quickly winds up with a, a you know a, a boatload of scripts to uh, work on. Uh, um, as you know, like superheroes take off at at, at Marvel, um, he very quickly you know realizes he can't come up with brand new uh, you know bad guys every month, and so begins to have characters come back, um, and so the scrolls themselves become a recurring menace for the Fantastic Four, because largely because they were one of the very first ones, right? Like it's a, it's a constantly referring back, um, the three. Cow scrolls will become tremendously important to Marvel continuity later on, but at first they're completely ignored. Um, and so, but the scrolls, when the scrolls return to their empire, uh, the emperor is uh, you know tremendously insulted by this, right? Like he's he's he can't believe the, these idiots called off their invasion because of comic books, uh, and so immediately begins plotting uh you know like the next invasion basically the fantastic four are now public enemy number 1 of the scrolls and uh, they they're going to go after them so in fantastic four number 18 uh in September of 1963 a year and a half after their first appearance the scrolls come back and this time they they uh the force of their uh, invasion the leader of their invasion is a scroll named clert and Clert has been modified genetically by the scrolls so that he can. Uh, the 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 scrolls who duplicated the Fantastic Four the first time had to use mechanical assistance to uh, duplicate the powers of the Human Torch and the Thing and uh, Invisible Girl. Right? They they didn't need it for, Fantast- for Mr. Fantastic for Mister Fantastic because they can also stretch and change their shape. Um. But the Superscroll Clert has been genetically modified so that he can actually get the superpowers of the Fantastic Four himself. So he's like one guy with all of the powers of the entire team, and he puts up uh, quite a fight against the Fantastic Four, and is referred to from then on as Superscroll. And of course, he will be, uh, you know, tremendously important throughout Marvel history as well. Mm-hmm. Um. The next time we see the scrolls, uh, the the third appearance of the scrolls is in November 1964 in Fantastic Four number 32. And they're kind of incidental to this story because the important part of this story is the revelation that uh, Johnny and Sue's father, Franklin Storm, um, is in fact actually in prison um, and has been for vehicular homicide. Um, Basically, he got drunk and killed a person you, you know, driving, and this was a relatively, you know, uh, a startling thing for a hero's family member to like be revealed, right? This was kind of like part of the the, the humanization of the the superhero. That Stan w- was kind of like Stan's biggest contribution to the genre of superheroes, right? Like the idea that these were real people with real world problems. Um, and so Franklin is actually in jail. Because people had been asking, you know, like, where where are their parents, right? Like, we keep referring to the, you know, how their brother and sister, but like, is there anything to the rest of their family? Um, And so Franklin is abducted from prison and then seems to return with superpowers as a villain called the Invincible Man. And the Invincible Man goes on a, you know, rampage of crimes um, and is revealed to be Franklin Storm in disguise, and the fact that the Fantastic Four can't beat him is being used as like a you know weapon against the Fantastic Four of like well of course they're going to go easy on him because he's Sue and Johnny's father, right? They're right. They, they're clearly not trying that hard to catch him, uh, mm-hmm. which was not true. They were trying like hell to catch him, but he was just uh, too powerful. All of this turns out to be a plot by the Scrolls. And uh, the Franklin who is running around committing these crimes is revealed to be the Super Scroll in disguise. And the Fantastic Four finally figure this out and you know beat him up basically and send him back off into space. The scrolls agree to return Franklin, who they abducted out of prison, basically to return him in the like the in the final scenes, basically. Um, but because they hate the Fantastic Four. Uh, They have secretly, without their knowledge, attached a bomb to Franklin so that when he is returned uh, and shows up on Earth again, when they, like, you know, beam him back to the planet, he will then explode and kill the Fantastic Four as well. Franklin uh, throws himself on the bomb to keep the Fantastic Four from dying, right? Like, basically, he protects them with his body and blows up. Oh. And this is a big, tragic sequence right like frank and uh, uh johnny and two have lost their dad um you know the this the the scrolls have proved themselves to be uh you know treacherous right like they totally lied to the fantastic four about returning him and now it now it's personal right like now the fantastic four are good and mad at the scrolls so several issues later they do return they take off to uh the scroll Empire. Uh, which is just in outer space. We haven't really uh, kind of like established the location or anything for it yet. But they go there, and they get into a uh, what what basically is happening is a contest that is happening a a, a dispute that is happening on on the the scroll home world the throne world, where the emperor is dealing with kind of a civil war that has broken out where his chief warlord Morat is kind of you know like plotting to overthrow him. And the Fantastic Four get all caught up in kind of like the political machinations of what's going on there. And uh, Morat, uh, by the end of the story, gets himself killed. And the Fantastic Four have saved the life of the Emperor Dorek's uh, daughter, Princess Anel, uh, who Morat was trying to kill, had been holding hostage as part of all these shenanigans. Um, And by saving her, the Fantastic Four get the Emperor to promise not to mess with Earth anymore and that's kind of the end of like that first set of stories right that's the that's the uh the the scrolls kind of like go from being a recurring fantastic four problem to being kind of like a problem for the entire marvel universe right they don't keep showing up i mean they do keep showing up in fantastic four but they start showing up in other comics as well um as kind of the the concept of the Marvel universe and continuity between titles and that sort of thing kind of like spreads across the Marvel line. The scrolls become important to the entire setting as opposed to just a bunch of aliens who hated the Fantastic Four. So and that will kind of like build until we get to the Cree Scroll War, right? Like we see the scrolls a few times. They they show up in other people's comics. Captain Marvel, the series Begins, which establishes the existence of the Kree. And we'll talk about the Kree in another episode. But we learn that the Kree and the Skrulls have been fighting a war against each other for thousands of years. And Roy Thomas runs what is really the first epic comic book superhero story. Really the first kind of like multi-part epic adventure um, is the Kree-Skrull War. And that runs from June of 71 to February of 1972. It's, uh, throughout the titles, it's a nine issues of the fanta- of the Avengers with spinoffs into several other titles. It's kind of like the first company wide epic.
0: Yeah. Well, there's ones that still gets re- it still gets referenced in modern comics. It's now like much of a
1: defining point in the uh, you know Marvel universe. It is absolutely. It's a, it's a tremendous story. It it goes, mm-hmm. it, it, it moves right along at a tremendous clip. It is one of the, it's part of the early Neil Adams art run on the Avengers. So it's gorgeously done. Um, but the idea of this, you know, like epic story that's going to take almost a year to tell, you know, in multiple comics, uh, is, uh, was unprecedented at the time. Mm-hmm. And in the basic, it, the, the basic part of the story is that, uh, the scrolls and the Kree are going to war against each other. Earth is somehow an important strategic location in this fight, and both sides are trying to kind of like manipulate the the heroes of Earth into getting involved or getting out of the way, one way or the other. Um, and so the scrolls take over; they uh, kidnap and replace a guy who's running for president, uh, H. Warren Craddock, and H. Warren Craddock, the scroll becomes kind of like a public critic of superheroes once again that same kind of plot of we're trying to discredit superheroes and the entire idea of them and so he tries to turn public opinion against the avengers and also against the kree because they've we've learned that captain marvel is not a human but is in fact an alien right like the public learns that he's an alien And uh, so all of these characters are kind of, you know, like being tied up in in this story. And in this story, of course, Roy Thomas cannot leave the idea that there are three scrolls living in a field uh, who believe that they're cows, right? Like from that very first story. And so those cows come back and, uh, you know, are freed from their hypnosis by uh, Mr. Fantastic and become spies working for the Scrolls on Earth and uh you know we have a whole series of other characters get involved the inhumans get involved everybody's uh, you know part of the story and an entire scroll armada is in space and is about to come attack the earth but the supreme intelligence of the cree uh manages to unleash unlock the genetic potential of rick jones uh who was the former sidekick first of the hulk and then of Captain America, and then of Captain Marvel, uh, you know, over the course of his, uh, you know, t- to this point in the Marvel Universe, and uh, uses the the Supreme Intelligence uses the genetic potential of humans through Rick Jones to have incredible psychic powers uh, unleashed, and Rick basically uses his powers to thwart the. Um, the, the scroll invasion and drive them back, and basically bring that war to an end, um as kind of like Earth steps in and says, "You know, like neither we're you know you you two have been fighting a war over us, and we are establishing ourselves as a power in the universe and saying that uh, you know, like we we're, we don't belong to either of you. And that kind of, you know, sets the 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 new. Uh, place of the scrolls in the universe as like this ongoing kind of like background problem uh, and they'll keep scrapping with other aliens, etc. But we learn eventually a great deal about the scrolls from that story on. That becomes kind of, you know, like the 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 lore of them. So we've learned that the scrolls actually come from, they're not even from our galaxy, let alone, you know, anywhere near us as a planet. They're actually from the Andromeda Galaxy. Which is a real place. It's a uh, two and a half million light years away from Earth, um, but you can you know see it with a telescope. Uh, and so they're from a star called Drox and a planet called Skrillos. And once uh, we have done the, once Kirby has done the Eternals storyline, if you want to go back to our Eternals episode and uh, and, and learn about that. Um, that becomes kind of like part of the mythos of the universe for the Marvel universe, right? And so th- we learned that the Celestials also visited Skrullos the same way that they visited our world, you know, like millions of years ago. And when they came to Skrullos, they created uh, the same thing. They had like the Prime Race, and then they had the Eternal scrolls and the Deviant scrolls. Well, the uh, the... Uh, Deviant scrolls turned out to be the winners in that one, right? Like the scrolls that we know today are the deviant version of the ones that the celestials built, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, modified. Basically, it's That's as if if the deviants had won on our planet, right? Sort of thing.
0: That's really cool. I did not know that they were uh, that that was connected.
1: Right. So the deviant scrolls wipe out the The main line of scrolls that just, you know, like destroy them, kill them all. And the eternal scrolls, mostly, except that we learn over the course of a couple of storylines, that one of the eternal scrolls, instead of being killed by them, um, became worshipped by them. right? Like he, be, he kind of like passed into Godhood. Uh, and his name is Clyban. And Clibin wrote the Book of Scrolls, which was basically became kind of like the basis for scroll religion. So he had started as a mortal, but, Im- you know, a, a, a non-godly, but like, you know, immortal scroll, basically, and kind of like ascended to godhood and wrote the book that their worldwide, universe-wide religion is based on. Um, And so the scrolls themselves uh, are... Uh, uh, Follow the teachings of the one eternal scroll who survived, and in that book that he wrote, he says that uh, Earth is one of the worlds like this this you know far distant uh, you know star in the sky, basically, on the you know completely other galaxy, is uh, divinely important to the scrolls, right? To kind of like justify why they keep trying to invade us and take over our worlds two and a half million light years away when they've got a, you know, galaxy spanning empire. Why do they keep going after this one planet? Well the, the revelation of it is that this planet has been promised to them by God. Right? And so like their continuing failures to conquer us basically is just making God mad at them. right and so that's like a justification basically for uh you know their their continuing efforts to keep coming after us and it it all belong. it's all blamed on this guy clibin who wrote this book um clibin actually uh shows up in secret invasion much later on where he gets finally killed uh by hercules and snowbird working together so uh so the deviant scrolls like, starts to build their empire, right? Like all of these millions of years ago. They have a another race that kind of splits off from them. and it's a it's not like the deviants and uh, and eternals anymore. In this case, it's a race, uh, a sub race of the scrolls who have been infected with dark magic. And that subspecies of the scrolls that splits off and like moves to go live on other worlds is the dire race. Who are the bad guys of the Rom stories? Um, who are also shapeshifters, but they use magic, not technology. And their relationship to scrolls is kind of like our relationship to vampires, right? Like their vampires were human, but they became something else. They're infected with something dark and magical, basically. So it's 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 though as though all the vampires on Earth kind of like got organized and pissed off to another planet. And decided to live on Vampire World instead, right? So the scrolls have this kind of like weird relationship with the dire race in that they're like innately terrified of them. And they have all of these kind of like scary myths and stories about uh the dire race back when the dire race used to live on their world. But then they, you know, kind of like got organized and moved away, basically. All of this happens like billions of years ago, right? Like the scrolls have been around since you know way before like Earth was even formed, let alone like humans came to to live. Um, and it was tens of millions of years ago that their technology reached the point that they could even get to other galaxies. so the the scroll Empire controls most of the Andromeda galaxy and several other galaxies around it. It's an enormous thing with trillions and trillions. And quadrillions of like beings living under Skrull control—they're they're they're a really big deal, <laughs> you know, like for the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, the throne world is no longer Skrullos; uh, they moved it millions of years ago from like the planet that they evolved on to another world that was like you know some part of their empire. The the throne world is a a planet called Tarnax Four, and we presume from like that. You know, name and number precision—that it's the fourth planet in the Tarnax system, or something like that, right? right. Um, but that's where they base this empire out of. Now, according to the myths, according to the stories that they have told, and keep in mind that they're in charge of telling these stories, right? Like that's—they're they're one of the few races that have been around long enough to like remember all of this. They claim that they were tremendously peaceful. Right, their their early days of their empire, the first few millions year of years of their empire, were ben- they were like benign overlords of the galaxy. That they were bringing species, um, you know, their technology and the gifts of civilization, et cetera, et cetera, and were just kind of everything was very happy and uh, and and pleasant in their empire until they f- meet the Kree, and they meet the Kree one million years ago. They go to the Kree's homeworld, which is called uh, Hala, and there are two intelligent species on the planet. There's the Kree, who are people, mostly with the you know, some have blue skin, some have pink skin, but they are, you know, they're 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 humanoid, human-looking people, and the Kotati, who are basically intelligent plants. And so the scrolls are like, well, okay, we we you know we're we're we're, we're giving it we're we're coming in to take over your planet in a very friendly manner of course um and we need to figure out which of you two species is going to be in charge of this planet right like we can apparently we have some reason that we can't allow both of you to just live side by side like you have all this time um but we need to kind of like pick one so we are going to we set they set up a competition and the competition will be like which of these um, species does the best with this set of land that we're going to give them, right? Um and so the scroll oversee this competition and the katati win. They are happier with the katati's uh, uh choice, which just angers the the Cree to the point where they wipe out almost all the Katati and all of the scrolls who came to visit them, which included the Emperor, right? Like the Emperor was like visiting Hala at the time when they killed him and this this starts a war That will basically go on for a million years, (laughs) right? Like it's you know that that neither side will ever forgive each other, uh, you know, for for this. And according to the scrolls themselves, it was the treatment by the Kree that turned them into the vicious monsters that they are. Once again, the other alien races are, you know, kind of like question the actual like story of this. But when the scrolls describe it themselves, they say, "Oh yes, we fully admit that we're bad and evil and nasty and everything now, but that's just because the Kree mistreated us so badly." Hmm. Um, And so it's this war that we've been fighting with them for these hundreds of thousands of years that turned us this way, right? Is 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 their story? Um, The scrolls, some number of thousands of years ago developed the technology level that allowed them to build a cosmic cube. And if you followed the cosmic cube you know, storylines in, in, in Marvel, that's kind of like a, you know, uh, it, it's a, a cosmic device, it's a cube basically of energy that can be used to basically reshape reality. And there have been several of them kicking around the Marvel universe at different times. And apparently, uh, according to one version of the story, it's kind of like a a technological breakthrough like traveling in space, right? Like uh, many different species over time reach the point where they are at the technological level to invent a cosmic cube, to create one itself. It's kind of the pinnacle of scientific advancement. And like many other times, the uh, Skrulls, when they developed this technology, uh, immediately started using it on each other and destroyed a sizable chunk of their empire. Um, and so the, the cube itself became sentient and filled with hate by all of like the you know, evil things that it had been used for to that point. And it destroys two-thirds of the inhabited worlds of the Andromeda galaxy. Right. So the Andromeda Galaxy is, you know, only a fraction of the number of people that it was at the time that the Skrulls did this, basically. And it drives the Skrull Empire into basically a Dark Ages. Right. They kind of like lose all of their technological advances. Uh, you know, like an enormous portion of their uh, their empire is just wiped out. And they basically have to start over from scratch. Which is one reason, it's kind of like the explanation for why the scrolls aren't that far ahead of us technologically, right? They've got spaceships and they've got, you know, faster than light travel and they've got laser blasters. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much it, right? And that's because the last few thousand years they've been rebuilding their society after the Cosmic Cube wiped it out. Uh So they, like I said, they've been promised our world, uh, you know, by this book that was written millions of years ago. And so they start messing around on Earth. Like there there have been all kinds of stories set in uh, earlier time periods uh, of Earth history, like, you know, that take place before Fantastic Four number two, that are stories about the scrolls messing with us in history. Um, And so they've been retconned to have turned up over and over again throughout human history trying to mess with us. Um, At one point, they like abduct and replace Thomas Jefferson. Right, like that's the kind of crap that they're up to yeah. in 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 different storylines. Why? Uh, who knows? There was there was a good reason at the time so that so at wh- whatever time traveling hero could go meet Thomas Jefferson, right? Like it yeah, was just the right. you know Thomas Jefferson is being men- menaced by aliens. We must go rescue him, right? Mm, yeah. Um. So like they mess with like the cowboy era, right? Like Kid Colt fights the scrolls, uh. You know, in like some red adventures and stuff. Um, in the 1930s, we learn that the scrolls. There's a, a, a set of scrolls who live on a planet called Crow Four who don't really participate with the rest of the Scroll Empire. They're kind of like a you know withdrawn planet, and for many many years they would hold um, like a, a gladiator fights on their world, right? And so one of them came to Earth. And abducted the notorious human mobster, Machine Gun Martin, and took him back to their planet so that he could fight in their gladiator uh, uh, wars. And the scrolls of Crowal Four were so impressed by Machine Gun Martin and loved kind of like everything about him that they basically changed their entire society to become like 1930 s mob planet forever. They all use their shapeshifting powers to shapeshift themselves to look like 1930s mobsters with, you know, like pinstripe suits and Tommy guns and, you know, hilarious-looking facial hair and stuff, um, and continue to live that way up until the modern day when the thing goes to visit them, basically, and is like, "Why is this planet full of mobsters or whatever?" Well, it turns out they're all secretly scrolls uh, who have been obsessed with mobsters for the last 50 years. And uh, so the Kral Four continues to like occasionally show up, uh, you know, like in, in assorted Marvel stories. After that, their entire society has been converted, basically, to like 1930s Chicago. One of the scrolls, who was from the prime race of scrolls, right, like the ones that they were all but wiped out by the deviants, um, but one of the prime scrolls is the alien who landed at Roswell in the Marvel universe, and the. Uh, the, the the crash land of the UFO at, at Roswell, um, that Prime Scroll was found by the U.S. government and government scientists like took him and experimented on him for years, but he couldn't shapeshift, right? So they never learned that Scrolls could do this. Like the secretly the government has known of the existence of a green skin race called the Scrolls since Roswell, but it wasn't until the Fantastic Four met them that they learned anything about shapeshifting. Because that's you know the prime scrolls like never learned that basically, right, um in the fifties, the scrolls start showing up like on a regular basis, and a bunch of the characters, uh you know, once again, these this is all retcon stuff, but like uh, they they become a you know regular recurring problem. um three d man fights a couple of them, the first line, uh, who are the superheroes, you know, like before the Fantastic Four, like meet them. um, in fact, one of them, one of the scrolls turns good. Basically, he like you know goes native and starts uh, uh, being like pro human, basically, and joins the first line to help fight against his uh, opponents. And that scroll uh, is the hero who exposed Watergate, in in like official Marvel timeline. <laughs> um, according to the Marvel Max Pete Wisdom limited series in 2007, uh, the scrolls replaced both the Beatles. And Jerry and the Pacemakers. They abducted them, and the, you know, then the both members of both bands, basically, uh, from that point on were actually secretly scrolls in disguise. Whether you believe, whether the, you know, decide that the Max stuff is all actually in continuity or not is kind of a bit of a question, but it's a great story. (laughs) Um, Reed Richards actually encounters them in the last few first line. Uh, uh, Comics, basically, before he becomes Mr. Fantastic. And once again, he never gets a good look at one um, and never learns that they can shapeshift or anything. So he's still, you know, like ignorant of them, basically, uh, you know, like who the Skrulls are specifically when Fantastic Four 2 comes around. But at that point, uh, it's retconned to say that he has, in fact, actually met them before and the Skrulls know about him as a brilliant scientist. So. That kind of catches us up on, you know, like their 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 backstory. Once the Kree Scroll War happens, uh, they kind of like fade more into the background and just become part of the setting. Marvel is revealed. Captain Marvel is revealed to have had a baby with Princess Annell during the Kree Scroll War stories. Um, basically, at the point where he and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have been. Kidnapped and taken off into space, and are being held by the scrolls. He and Annel basically sneak sneak away, and he impregnates her. This is obviously not revealed in the original story, but later on. Um, And this is obviously a bit of a continuity problem. Um, That kid grows up to be Hulkling in the Young Avengers, right? Like Annel gives birth to a half Kree, half scroll baby, um, and realizes, of course, that the Emperor will have this baby killed as an abomination. So she hides it on Earth to be foster raised by, by humans um, and come back later. Um, but when this story takes place, Franklin's already been born, right? This, it's 1971, 72. Franklin was born in 69. Franklin Richards was born in 69. Right. Um, but Franklin today is only about 12 years old. And Hoekling uh, is obviously not 11, which he should be. You know, by this aging, right? Like, if he's, if if this all happened, if he was uh, conceived after Franklin was already born, he should only be like eleven. But he is clearly eighteen or nineteen, the way he is, uh, you know, like portrayed in uh, in Young Avengers and later comics, right? To the point where he's, you know, has a healthy sex life, and uh, you know, has gone on to uh, eventually become emperor, right? Uh, You know, as the storyline goes. Um, So nobody's ever really explained that particular continuity issue. That's just a thing that Marvel has decided to ignore. So after, once again, in retcon, after the kree Scroll War happens, the Illuminati get together. And uh, this is a secret organization, a secret group of heroes who are not telling other heroes what they're doing. But it consists of like Mr. Fantastic and Iron Man and Black Bolt and Black Panther and a couple other characters, Submariners in it. Uh, Professor X, they decide to go to Throne World and inform the Emperor. Like, don't ever pull that crap again, right? It's like they they show up, they destroy some, uh, you know, scroll ships on the way, and basically we kind of like march into the Throne World and say, uh, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't ever try to pull that crap on Earth again. This uh, doesn't quite work. <laughs> Instead, they get captured. And are held for months in outer space, uh, being tortured and having experiments done on them. Mm. They do eventually escape and make it back to Earth, but the result of all of these experiments and all of the kind of like the studies of Earth superhumans and mutates and mutants. And also, you know, like a good look at inhumans and a couple of other, you know, subspecies of humanity, Atlanteans and stuff, is the basis for the technology that the scrolls will use in the Secret Invasion when they come all those years later. The next big storyline that includes the scrolls is the crossover that Marv Wolfman wrote during the time when he was writing both Fantastic Four and the series Nova, the original series of Nova. And Nova was coming to an end. Sales weren't that good uh, at that point. And uh, Wolfman wrote a set of stories that kind of like finished off the Nova run and also kind of like tied into Fantastic Four, um, in which the scrolls try to conquer the planet Xandar, which is where all the, the Nova core and everything um, are based. And Xandar uh, is blown up, but. Each of the pieces is like big enough that it can be saved, and so they put domes over each individual piece and then just kind of like reconnect them again. Um, The Sphinx, who was one of the major Nova bad guys, gets like a serious power up at some point, and then in the course of the Fantastic Four stories, actually goes toe to toe with Galactus in a fight. And in the course of this story, also Emperor Doric, the same emperor who's been uh, behind all of this to this point. Finally, himself gets killed, and his daughter Urkel, becomes uh, not his daughter, his his wife Urkil becomes the empress, and she's Anel's mother. And so, for from the early eighties until well into the two thousands, this the it's an empress in charge of the Skrull Empire. Right. Um, we see. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not correct because Urkel actually dies in there. There's um. The the next one becomes the Empress. Um, oh, yeah. There's a um, scroll and a Kree who are sent to uh, the Death of Phoenix, and those two uh, like wind up fighting each other in the blue area, and they miss the Death of Phoenix entirely, and actually spend like months basically just fight trying to kill each other until uh, the Fantastic Four uh, encounter them by accident, basically. Huh. Um in July of 1983 John Byrne is doing Fantastic 4 and he does kind of like a set of like background stories basically where Frankie Ray who had been the Human Torch's girlfriend and had become Galactus's new herald as Nova as the new character using the name Nova um and we learn that Nova has no particular problem like the Silver Surfer had for example with sending uh, Galactus to inhabited planets, right? Like she doesn't have the same kind of, uh, you know, concern about it. And she particularly doesn't have it about scrolls, which she's met and doesn't like. So the next time Galactus is starving and is somewhere near the Skrull Empire, she sends him to the Skrull throne world, which he eats and, you know, kills all of the scrolls on the throne world. And uh, also kills Urkel and Annel. both die in that story. Right, and causes the Skrull Empire to kind of like collapse into civil war. Uh, This leads to the stories in which the Shi'ar, on behalf of the Skrulls, uh, capture Reed Richards and put him on trial for not killing Galactus when he had the chance. And that the trial of Galactus is kind of like you know most people consider as one of the kind of like the high points of the burn run on Fantastic Four. Um, it's kind of like the the cosmic explanation for the existence of Galactus. And all of those stories are, you know, the the inciting point that like leads to all of that is Galactus's destruction of the Skrull throne world and you know, like the collapse of their empire. Um we're now we're into the 80s and the scrolls are, you know, like are a mess, basically, right? Like they've completely fallen apart as an empire. There are all these little kind of like subgroups of them. The dire wraiths start showing up in ROM, so that's the point where we first learn that storyline. We learn that connection between the wraiths and the scrolls um, is revealed over the course of ROM. Um, the Cree and scroll go to war against us, uh, go, uh, against each other. There's a second Cree scroll war, which is actually the third Cree scroll war, but the second one that involved us, that runs in volume three of Silver Surfer, basically from like 87 to 89. Um, the you know the Silver Surfer is kind of like caught up in their in their stories. In the early 90s or late eighties, we also have a, a hyperwave bomb that goes off uh, in this storyline, um, freezes all of the scrolls across the universe, and takes away their shape shifting powers. So the scrolls are stuck in whatever form they were in at the time that the war went off, that the bomb went off. Right. And this runs into the early 90s, basically. So there's a stretch where no scrolls have their powers and some of them have been frozen into other forms. And this becomes kind of like a background uh, running bit, basically, until this gets fixed. Um, A scroll woman. The uh, Fantastic Four does a storyline, basically, in which uh, Ben and Alicia break up while Ben is off in outer space and Alicia kind of like turns to Johnny for. Uh, you know, uh, 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 to get over Ben, and uh, and the two of them kind of like come together and wind up in a relationship and end up getting married. And a lot of people at Marvel uh, did not like this story, did not like the storyline at all. Steve Englehart was the the, the guy who started it, basically. Um, and when it came it reached a certain point that the uh, the powers that be at Marvel wanted to restore. Ben and Alicia together in their relationship. They revealed that the Alicia that Johnny had married was, of course, secretly a scroll uh, named Lijah, who became kind of like a running background character, basically. Um, so this one, you know, scroll character was kind of like a, a bad guy, but like Johnny had fallen in love with her, and she had fallen in love with Johnny, and it was all supposed to have been a plot against the Fantastic Four that like went sideways when Lijah switched sides, basically. Um. A group of scroll mutants, when the hyperwave bomb goes off, it restored the ability, when that was all undone, the ability of the scrolls to develop uh, mutant uh, uh, traits, right? Like you could have scrolls who were mutants the same way that humans could become mutants. And a group of scroll mutants uh, were called Cadre K, and Cadre K learned how important uh, Professor X was. To the story of mutants in uh, among humans, and they basically kidnapped him and, and brought him out into space for a little bit, where he would live with them and teach them uh, how to kind of like control their powers the same way he had done with the X Men, with the X Men, which was the explanation for a set of stories in which we really wanted to get Professor X out of the mansion for you know like a year or two, basically uh, back around 2000. Um, his explanation was that he was off in space teaching scrolls. Um, and then eventually they brought him back. So Varanka is has been the queen of the, the Empress of the Scrolls, or what there was of the Scrolls, uh, basically since Galactus ate their planet. Um, and so she is the her she is part of the religious cult that believes that Earth is like the promised land, right? That like Earth has been promised to them by God. And that once they take it over, the scrolls will pass on into a you know perfect state of uh, you know, like the next level of their their society, right? Um And so this storyline, she begins what will become the secret invasion storyline, and also annihilation, which is the two big crossover events that happened in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. um in which the scrolls kidnap an enormous number of human superheroes. Um, and replace them with scrolls as part of their plan to take over the Earth. Uh, This is a stretch that is going on when the previous big company crossover was called Civil War, had turned a bunch of Marvel superheroes against each other to start out with. And so the revelation that some of them weren't actually human, weren't actually the real guys, only increased the level of distrust between these various characters. Um, As uh, uh, the first one who is revealed to be a scroll is like the accidental death of the scroll who was replacing Electra. And so when Electra dies and turns back into a scroll, her body or corpse turns back into a scroll, suddenly the heroes start to realize wait, some of us aren't who they're saying uh, uh, each other are, basically. Um, over the course of that series, Black Bolt. Spider Woman, Hank Pym, a bunch of other characters will be revealed to have been scrolls for some time, which leads to a massive battle. in The entire Secret Invasion uh, series, uh, at the end of which Veronica is dead. Some of the heroes have gotten back together, getting along. Norman Os- Osborn is now a hero. Uh, the guy who used to be the Green Goblin, and he becomes uh, he's put in charge uh, first of Shield, and then of a ne- the next kind of like uh, organization, which he calls Hammer. Uh, replaces Shield, and that's kind of the status quo of the Marvel Universe from about 2006 to about uh, 2013 or so. Yeah, he gets put in charge because he uh, he gets the kill shot on, Varonk. on Varonka. on Varanka, and everybody sees it, right? So, yep, he he clearly becomes the hero. Um, there is a series called Infinity in 2013, in which we see that uh, the the tatters of the empire, all of these uh, you know, kind of like various small sub-empires um after the death of Varanka do kind of like come back together and form a smaller but kind of like more cohesive version of the scroll empire. And Klert himself, the original super Skrull, becomes the empire, the the emperor. Mm-hmm and this lasts until just recently the most one of the most recent big company crossovers which was called empire where hulkling uh the kid who was the son of anel and marvel uh is uh and has been operating as a member of the young avengers under the name hulkling is kind of like revealed to exist to the aliens um touching off even more you know kind of like shenanigans in space as they're trying to either assassinate him or you know, have him become their leader. And the payoff of all of Empire is that the scroll and Cree empires merge and form one big empire between them, with Holkling uh, taking on the name Doric. he's Doric the Eighth, I believe at that point, and becoming the emperor of both of them. And that's pretty much where it stands right now, right? Like he and Wiccan have gone off into space. Wiccan is kind of, you know, like his court advisor, basically, as well as his lover. Um, And he is trying to manage this, you know, bonding, basically, this coming together of the Skrull and Kree empires into a single unit. And that's pretty much where the Skrulls are at this point in the Marvel Universe. Now they're, you know, like starting to turn up regularly in the movies and uh, apparently are going to play a big role in the rest of Phase 4 um having been you know revealed to exist and then having shown up in a couple of more series afterwards so
0: yeah they probably uh, they uh, marvel just recently got the rights of them back i mean when they got the fantastic four rights back so, right exactly um pretty much as soon as they got those back we start seeing scrolls
1: uh, right well they the, the they you know the 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 katari which were the you know kind of like originally built as the ultimate marvel version of the scrolls mm-hmm. um you know, were used still in the you know in in the Avengers movie, um, as kind of you know like a, as a as a replacement for as a you know kind of like fill in basically for the role that the scrolls should have run. Sure. Um, but now that they have, as you say, now that they have the Fantastic Four rights back, the scroll rights came with them, and so we see the scroll in uh, the Captain Marvel movie, and now we've seen them in WandaVision and and uh, the last Spider Man movie. Also, all had scrolls in them. So. Sure.
0: And now they can kick the Chitari to the uh to the curb. Right. That was our first of these looks at each of the big Marvel space uh empires. Uh, we're going to do another one next week. Uh, it'll be the Kree. Um, it will be kind of linked forth. together throughout history, so we might as well do them together. Yeah, absolutely. You should really probably watch them. Make sure. You, yeah. Well, if you already watched this one, then you'll definitely watch the next one next. Hopefully. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. I've been Steve Tasker. And I'm Darren Watts. Have a good night. Thanks for coming.